Trump or Biden? Biden. Biden. Biden? Why? <laughs> because Trump sucks. He's an idiot. You don't like Trump? Not at all. What are some of the reasons? Uh, because he's a traitor to the country. How, how so? He's a cheater. <laughs> because he's, he's sold out the country to uh, Russia. Uh, no, he didn't. Man, the media. You know, we all say on the right that the media, their day is done. Well, obviously have an impact on people like that. Mm, that's right. Okay, we're over at uh, Red New Zealand still. The Ministry of Justice is growing reliance on property contractors revealed. The Ministry of Justice has been hiring more and more contractors, some costing thousands of dollars a day instead of just hiring people to work there. Yeah, I don't like that. Anyway, um, a section of Fairley, that's down the South Island, their main street has been closed due to asbestos contamination concerns. Council officials have closed part of the main street in the South Island town of Fairley because of what they say is a severe risk of asbestos contamination just come through. Uh, We talked about the pro-Palestinian protesters blockading the port of Auckland. There's a call for a boycott of uh, Israel shipments. Six people have been arrested and uh, people were punched and kicked. Crew's bravery praised after altercation on the ferry. That's uh, Auckland Fuller's Fuller's ferry passenger who saw a man allegedly assault a crew member says that she was terrified. And uh, then we've got the, that story about the um, the life for old glass. They're going to smash it up and put it on the road. I don't know about that. <laughs> I hope it's going to be safe for uh, motorcyclists. Uh, anyway, now I'm going to move across to... Um, yeah, here's something for you, uh, something interesting. I'll be back in a minute with that one there. I'll be right back. To those raising the Palestinian flag, where were you when ISIS was launched in the name of Islam and beheaded tens of thousands of Arabs in Libya, Syria, and Iraq? Why didn't you take it to the streets and raise their flags and condemn the terror and call for a ceasefire? Where were you when Arab dictators and terrorists killed hundreds of thousands of Arabs in Syria and Libya? Why didn't you take it to the streets then and raise the Syrian and Libyan flags and condemn the terror and call for a ceasefire? Where were you in the last decade when Saudi Arabia, backed by other Arab countries, killed and starved out more than 400,000 Yemenis my country. I didn't see any of you take to the streets or raise the Yemeni flag or condemn the terror or call for a ceasefire. This calls for some self-reflection. When millions of Arabs are slaughtered by other Arabs, you say absolutely nothing. But when 7,000 Arabs are killed by Jews defending their right to exist. Yeah, that's right, defending the right to exist. Uh, Islamic preacher Zakir Naik, this was sent to me by a listener actually, he got into a taxi apparently in London, he said out loud to the driver, he said, Brother, please turn off the radio, because the Holy Quran commands, I'm not allowed to listen to music, because in the time of the Prophet, there was no music, especially Western music, which is uh, the music of the unbelievers, the music of Satan. The taxi driver politely turned off the radio, stopped the taxi and opened the door. Zakur asked him, What are you doing, bro? The taxi driver answered politely, In the era of the Prophet, there were no taxis, there were no bombs, there were no shortcuts, there were no loudspeakers in the mosques to wake up the newborns and the elderly and the sick with the, at the eerie hours of the morning or of the night. There were no suicide bombings, no AK-47s. There was peace everywhere, mate. So shut up, step outside, and you can wait for a camel. Do not punish behavior you wish to see repeated. And husbands do this to their wives a lot too, especially if they're the jealous type. So imagine you have a wife that maybe you, uh, you got lucky and you, you attracted someone who's a little bit above your caliber, or at least that's what you think. And maybe you're right too, you know? And so she's attractive and you're happy about that in some ways, but what about those other men? You know, and so you go out one night and she dresses up and she looks pretty damn sharp and you're a little unhappy about that because, you know, what about those other men? And so she asks you how she looks and you take that opportunity to punish her for her beauty. You do that a hundred times. You watch what happens. You think, God, you've let yourself go. It's like, no. I pretty much shaped myself into what you allowed. Mm, don't do that, fellas. Nine minutes past seven here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. And uh, this is interesting, too. The Honest Seller. This is on Trade Me. He's advertising. He's a great bloke. It's, it's, a mince, it's an advert for a, mince, uh, a meat mincer. 
He says here, meat mincer, hunk of Chinese shit. It is a Mark II, Mark 22, bought off trade me three months ago. Original seller doesn't want to know me. Apparently, suitable for commercial use. Bullshit, he says. <laughs> Problem with it is the metals and the workmanship used to make the machine and all the others of the same make on Trade Me are very poor. It doesn't matter how much you clean it, you, it's still, uh, you get what looks like oily metallic, metallic specks through your meat. The auger and the housing that it sits on are of very poor quality and workmanship. This is where the metal is being ground away and it's being added to the meat. Apparently, according to the manufacturer, this is my fault because I'm not cleaning and assembling it properly. Yeah, what a joke. I personally do, do not feel that it's uh, suitable for human use and that's why he's selling it. I think he's selling it for a couple of hundred bucks and they're sort of available for about 350 on Trade Me. So watch out for these electric things. Um, I think some of them about three or 400 watts up to about 850 watts. There's a lot of junk out there. If you're going to do mince meeting, make sure you go to a reputable company and you're going to be spending at least, probably at least a thousand bucks. I would say twelve or thirty hundred dollars for something that's decent with quality and you need to go through a, a someone that supplies restaurants and the like. Don't buy this rubbish on Trade Me. Uh, he says he paid $388 and since discovered that Dick Smith sell the same machine for 350 bucks. If someone wants it, is uh, it's heavyish, about 20 kgs. It'll be expensive to freight. Best that you pick it up. He says, and now he says here, it's not suitable for human use. Uh, he says, buy one of these machines for mincing meat for, no, not not good for humans. Best used for another purpose, maybe burly, uh, grinding up burly. Or maybe dog food, but I wouldn't even give it to my dog. You, would, you don't want to give your dog metal fragments, do you? And so, but what a good bloke for for actually advertising it and being so honest about it, you know, instead of just trying to offload it. If it was an Indian, you can guarantee it would be a different story. <laughs> you know I'm talking the truth. You know I only say stuff that you're all thinking anyway. Oh, you're such a racist, Grant. Yes, yes, I am. I think that some people shouldn't be in our country because they're just not suited to our way of life. They should just go to a country where they all thieve from one another if they want to live like that. Why don't you just make your own country better instead of the shithole it is, instead of coming to our country and turning it into a shithole? Because that's what you're doing. You know, when Raj came out to New Zealand, he came to New Zealand for, for the New Zealand way of life, but he, he's ended up here and, you know, 30 years later or 20 years later, uh, he's just got you know little Indian. I think it was I think it was like about ten years ago. Papatawi was twenty percent Indian. Papatawi. Now I think it's about forty percent. It's incredible. No one asked us what sort of a country do you want. Who do you want? You know who do you want to be? Do you want to be you know an Islamic state <laughs> by twenty thirty, or you know do you want to be Asia? We didn't want to be. We we're a British Commonwealth country. Obviously, clearly, our politicians were only thinking about money. And so they just imported all these people that are prepared to work for next to nothing and live in cramped conditions. And we don't have the infrastructure for them. And they don't really contribute. They just come and take. Settlers, you see, the settlers that came to this country, they came to build stuff, to manufacture stuff, to build something, build a country. They were settlers. They weren't immigrants. Don't ever let anyone say that your ancestors were, you know, your forebears that came to New Zealand in, at the, uh, the mid-19th century. Don't, don't let them say that, that they are immigrants. They certainly were not. I mean, when they arrived after 1840, it was a, you know, basically a Commonwealth country, wasn't it? Part of the British Empire. They came as settlers to build this country, to build stuff. Immigrants, they don't come to build stuff. They come to take your stuff. 14 past 7. Let me ask you a question. So you have a Muslim husband, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question via you yeah, yeah. for him. No problem. If Islam is so fantastic, why do Muslims always flee to Christian countries? I why? tell you why, because Christian countries or Western countries, to be more precise, yeah. tend to send troops to their countries, destroy their homes, and but then push them, uh, them out of their neighborhoods. That's why. Because but why people... come to Christian countries? Why not go to Saudi or another Muslim country? Well, because Saudi does, uh, Saudi Arabia actively prevents uh, 
their Muslim neighbours from uh, going there. And ah, the, the UK that? government or the US... But why does Saudi prevent migrants going there? Look, I'm not an ambassador for the, for the Saudi government. No, but I'm asking, because why it, come it to Christian lands? It is a repressive government. Isn't it because Christian lands are free and tolerant and open? And isn't that the very thing that Muslims try and change when they arrive in our country? That's my question and my challenge in the UK. <laughs> That's right. Katie Hopkins there, speaking more sense. Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H. His newsletter is one you want to have. So go over to kirschsubstack.com, K-I-R-S-C-H. Kirschsubstack.com. He writes about COVID mitigation policies, vaccine neurological diseases and conditions, corruption, censorship, and early treatments. The data shows, according to Kirsch, that vaccines, that's childhood vaccines, not just this last one they've been dishing out to us, Childhood vaccines are ruining the health of Americans and driving the ep- epidemic of neurological conditions. That's what they're doing. Fifteen minutes past, we'll be back with some news. We might go to News Hub and have a look at Also Stuffed and see if they've see if they've improved. You don't want to justify evil by the good that it might be transformed into. That doesn't justify now is the, the evil. the point you asked me, or I don't know if you asked me, but you mentioned yesterday... Uh, well, you did. You said, well, do I resonate to the notion that Israel was built thanks to the Holocaust? Mm-hmm. That, that would be a good example of what you're talking about. And, and I, I said I, I was horrified by the notion. Right, 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 right. Oh. Right. But you also agree that when people face adver- adversarial circumstances and even oh, totally. sometimes... Come- well, adversarial right, so- is not the same as crucifixion or a gas chamber. That's, there's a finality to that evil. You, you can't grow from dropping dead. Mm-hmm. You can grow if you continue to live. Mm-hmm. There's a finality to the evil if biological death is death. Okay. Once we go to the hereafter, which I'm a, an adamant believer in, then, uh, then, then it, but we can't depend on that with regard to evil. Dennis Prager there with Jordan Peterson. And there's another fellow too, a Christian fellow, who makes a lot of sense, an English chap. I quite like the sound of him. Now, we're over at News Hub, and we're having a look at the front page there and just the, the headings there. Negotiations are over. Luxon teases comprehensive coalition deal to be revealed today, and it sets out a plan for the coming days. And unacceptable officer assaulted at pro-Palestinian protest. Pepper spray used on demonstrator. Luxon says coalition deal's done. Uh, so what happens now? And uh, they've got a bit of a story there. China, pneumonia outbreak. Oh, yeah, this was in the news at TNT, wasn't it? Uh, I think back at six o'clock anyway. Pneumonia outbreak among the children. I'll tell you what, I'll read this and then I'll tell you what I think's going on. Uh, among children in China, it prompts, the, it, it, it prompts please explain from world officials. Uh, and then over in the United States, a woman set to give birth to twins carried in separate uteruses. Ugh, gosh, just put you off, doesn't it? Rugby, Robertson might change a few things after beginning All Blacks coaching tenure. Hmm, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Now, let's go back to this pneumonia thing over in China, the World Health Organization. They're a bunch of criminals. World Health Organization, or the WHO, WHO, the WHO, Dr. WHO, on Thursday officially requested that China provide detailed information on an increase in respiratory illnesses and reported clusters of pneumonia in children. Chinese authorities from the National Health Commission held a press conference on November the 13th to report an increase in incidence of respiratory diseases in the country, the WHO said in a statement. The Global Health Agency said Chinese authorities attributed the increase to the lifting of COVID-19 restrictions. Absolute rubbish. Here's what I think it is. They're vaccine injured. I'll guarantee it. Those kids have been jabbed, and now we're starting to see the results of it. So I would say that is a vaccine injury. This long COVID, don't believe that rubbish that they're telling us, the people that have got COVID. The only, a lot of, most of the people that got COVID, I mean, I never got it. I never got sick the whole three years. That's because I wasn't jabbed, and I keep myself healthy. I eat plenty of meat. Meat's really good for you. Full, rich, rich in vitamin C. All the lies they've told us over the years. Rich in vitamin C. One kg of muscle meat. Is, um, there's more vitamin C in that that you can shake a stick at. Um, organ meat, very, very good. Lamb's fry and bacon, lovely. Um, lamb's fry, I just love that. I love liver. I fry it in butter. I, I cut it into strips. And I... Um, I soak it, I sort of marinate it in milk for, I don't know, half an hour, sometimes a day. 
and then I just fry it up with some salt with and butter and um, nice thin strips and salt and pepper that's it and it's absolutely delicious not that fussed with the beef liver I've got to say sort of a bit I don't know why it just tastes a bit beefy but the lamb is just absolutely lovely I can't wait I'm I can't wait we're going to I'm going to knock off a couple of nice big fat lambs after she, uh, shearing which hopefully will be this week after well, early early next week hopefully if the weather holds and uh, you can't wait, can't wait to get into some lamb, some fresh stuff. Because I, I was a bit um, tired of it because um, I didn't have weathers. I had uh, sort of ram lambs, and they taste a bit rammy. Anyway, so that's what I think is going on with this global health agency. Um, they're saying it's to do with the lifting of the COVID nineteen restrictions. Of course, they would, wouldn't they? Uh, and they're saying that children have got this respiratory problem. But I'll tell you what, they'll all be, they'll all be jabbed. Uh, Chinese authorities they stress the need for enhanced disease surveillance and healthcare. It's all it's all bullshit. The whole lot of it is just nonsense. You, you just can't believe any of this stuff coming out of World Health Organization. The guy that's running it's a criminal. It's like the mafia. Just horrendous, really. I don't know what why we we would even think. We've hopefully people have woken up. They, if they try this again, they've just got to be slapped down. I'm worried about these new guys because all of them, you know, Luxon. I mean, he's a collectivist. So is Winston Peters. He made it very clear in his posts when he was saying we should all get jabbed. We've got to be forced to get jabbed. Luxon said he was going to force everybody. He would force everybody. So did John Key. They even got him out, rolled him out. And he said the same sort of thing. They're all collectivists. They believe that uh, they can ride roughshod over the individual's rights for the good of the group. And as, you know, uh, G. Edward Griffin said, there's no such thing as a group, really. It doesn't really exist because it's made up of individuals. So he says it's, he gives the example. It's like a forest. See, there isn't really a forest. You get in there, and all you find is actually individual trees. So each of us, then we've got to push this. We can't. This this um, Luxon's really thick, isn't he? When it comes to that, he might be good at money, good at running a company, but running a company and running a country are two different things. And I don't know if he's cut out to run a country. And I think that he could just drive us. Uh, deeper into losing more and more of our freedoms because he is a collectivist. He said it even in a, a report for on Radio New Zealand uh, when he he suggested that it, that children, that mothers and basically solo mothers. That's who he's aiming at. But basically, when he was questioned, everybody that's on a benefit shouldn't get it unless they've children, unless their kids are vaccinated with all of their childhood vaccines, which we know as the driver of neurological diseases. We do know that. Steve Kirsch has done the, done the work. And the health department here in New Zealand, whatever they want to call themselves now, and in, in the United States and Canada, they have not, they refuse, they're avoiding it. They won't do the study. But Kirsch has already done it with 10,000 people. He's got, a, I think, a, out of his quarter of a million followers, um, 10,000 people uh, were involved in a survey out of that 10,000, 1,000 had never had their children vaccinated with a childhood vaccine, and nor had the mother been vaccinated. None of them, pretty much none of them, had any neurological disease or any allergies or any, um, what do you call it? Long, what's a long-term disease called? Chronic, chronic diseases. Nothing. Just didn't exist. Because they hadn't been vaccinated. And so he thinks, and so does um, Dr. Sam Bailey and her husband Mark, and all those that are involved in the collaborated work uh, called Virus Mania, which you can get on Kindle, probably for $10. I think I paid $9.90 or something for my online version or my Kindle version. And it's the best book you'll ever read because it, it takes away the fear, really. It takes away that fear. Viruses don't actually exist. I'm absolutely convinced of it. There's no evidential foundation for it. It's just invented by the pharmaceutical industry to cover up for their malpractice. They say, oh, it must be a virus, but it's actually just been something they've given you, some pharmaceutical drug they've given you, and vaccines. And they say, oh, it's a virus. You know, like when you go under anesthesia, um, a lot of people are getting heart murmurs and getting heart, heart problems from that. I don't know whether they give them too much or something, get the dosage wrong. And, you know, they, they, they never admit it. They all run for cover. So uh, it's a wicked, wicked system. And, you know, that's why, you know, I'll tell you what, man, the Bible, you cannot, you cannot go past it. It calls the Greek word for pharmacy, pharmakia, the Greek word pharmakia, which is where we get pharmacy, pharmacists, is sorcery. 
No kidding. In the King James Bible, it's translated. Have a look at Strong's. Look it up. Pharmakia. Sorcery. And now you can see what I mean, can't you? It's just sorcery. There's got to be a better way than this allopathy. And um, so I would get over to Dr. Sam Bailey. She's got a whole folder of very interesting things. Talks about antibiotics. Do they really work? She says no, they don't. might look like they're working, but in actual fact, they're not. There's other things that actually play into that. What else is there? The existence of viruses. She goes, she goes into everything. I mean, that's why they don't want her. I mean, they actually remove themselves from the, from the registry anyway, but they would have been struck off. They, would, they can't be fined because they're not actually on the medical council or whatever it is, the, the rules and regs. They decided to step away from it because they found it to be, I think, evil, really. And they do. You come out and you say something against, um, you know, you think if you use your brain, if you use your faculty, which is what all doctors should be doing, they all should be struck off. If they're any good, they should have all been struck off by the medical council. But they didn't. They protected themselves. And that um, that woman, Willoughby, who Peter Williams interviewed, I talked about her yesterday, I think, she would be ashamed of herself. She sat back and waited to see if her colleagues dropped dead before she took the first shot. She ended up getting vaccine injured. But what a horrible cow. Just wait instead because she knew about this stuff. She knew that it was it was a worry, and she also had someone else in her ear, another doctor, who said, "I don't think this is right." And they should have spoken up right there and then. All of them should have. And if they had been able to, enough of them had have spoken up, we would have been able to stop it. But they didn't. They protected them, their jobs. They were more concerned about the income, the money, the love of, for the love of money is the root of all evil. There's the Bible again. We we're not going to make a liar out of the out of the Bible. Now, um, let's go back to, so this, anyway, this um, China, this outbreak, I'll guarantee you that's caused by the vaccines. Absolutely. And if we were going out on YouTube, I would lose the channel now because I've had two strikes. <laughs> 26 past seven. Israel has never, not one time in history, initiated any conflict. Every single one of those things that you're pointing to is a retaliatory attack by a terrorist organization. But if that was switched, where I, Israel, you, Hamas, in Gaza, I take all of my arms and all of my protection and I laid them down, what would Hamas do? They'd kill every single one. That's what they do. That's, that's what they're sworn to do. That's their motto and the origin of their existence. All the way back to the Grand Mufti traveling to Hitler to ask, how do we solve the Jewish problem? Like you want to follow Hamas to the Muslim Brotherhood all the way back to the Grand Mufti, the Mujahideen, and you see the origins of like one thing, which is how do I solve the Jewish problem is to eradicate and kill them. That is what Hamas came from. Not the Palestinians, not those poor people stuck in Gaza. If all of Hamas just went away, we would have peace. Yep, that's right. I think, um, well, it's more than Hamas. There's a lot more organizations. Most of the Arabs want the Jews gone. Right, we're over at News Hub, and uh, we talked about the negotiations there over, so we'll find out today how what it's all going to be about. Uh, one of the other stories on News Hub is Gloria Vale. If the uh, government official uh, is concerned, um, concerned arresting Gloria Vale's leader could destabilise the community, according to a report. It's a pretty good community, and they've just got some one or two bad apples in there, but it is actually a pretty good community, even though, because it's Christian, of course, people are all anti it. They're anti-Jew and they're anti-Christian, really, aren't they? In Asia, North Korea's shock threat to the south as it sends army and weapons to the border. Artificial intelligence, open AI, the open AI board, they warned the secret project could threaten humanity before CEO's oust, ouster. Hmm, I'm not sure. Better go and have a look, shall we? Go and have a look at that one. Um, ahead of the OpenAI CEO Sam Altman's four days in exile, several staff researchers sent the board of directors a letter warning of a powerful artificial intelligence discovery that they said could threaten humanity. Two people familiar with the matter told Reuters the previously unreported letter and an A and AI algorithm was a key development ahead of the board's ouster. Of Altman, the poster, the poster child for generative AI, and the two, uh, the two sources said before the triumph returned late Thursday, uh, Tuesday, more than 700 employees had threatened to quit and join back at Microsoft. Oh gosh, that wouldn't be any worse. In solidarity with their fired leader. Okay, the sources cited the letter as one factor among the longer list of grievances by the board that led to Altman's 
Is that his name? I thought he said it was another name. Yeah, Altman's um, firing. Reuters was unable to view a copy of the letter. The researchers who wrote the letter did not immediately respond to the request for comment. According to one source, the long-time chief executive, Maria Murati, she mentioned the project called Q to employees on Wednesday and said that the letter was sent to the board prior to the weekend's events. After the story was published, an a open AI spokesperson said Murati told employees that media were about to report, but she did not comment on the accuracy of the reporting. The maker of the chat GPT, well that's come under question, hasn't it? Um, has, has made progress on Q, uh, pronounced Q star, really? Oh, okay, Q star, okay. Right, there's a little asterisk there, uh, which uh, some initially believe could be a breakthrough in the startup search for the superintelligence, also known as Artificial General Intelligence, AGI. One of the people told Reuters OpenAI defines AGI as AI systems that are smarter than humans. Given vast computing resources, the new model was able to resolve certain mathematical problems, the person said on condition of anonymity, because they were not authorised to speak on behalf of the company. Though only performing math on the level of grade school students acting such, uh, acing such tests uh, made the researchers very optimistic about Q-Star's future success, said the source. Reuters could not be independent, they could not independently verify the capabilities of Q-Star, claimed by the researchers. There we are. That's for you. Uh, let's go over to New Zealand News with, with News Hub. Health authorities have received multiple complaints. Oh, that's right, about the assisted dying. We talked about that earlier. Uh, the judgmental attitudes, multiple complaints. Uh, but really, we heard from just um, Samantha Edwards, and it was a shocking bill and should never have been taken out of the hands of the medical people, out of doctors' hands. Now it's just purely legal. And the, the, most of the complaints are from people that want to top themselves and doctors don't want to be involved in it. So they're actually just just saying no, they're just resisting. Um, person dies in Auckland crash, motorist warned of delays. This has just come through a couple of minutes ago. One person has died, unfortunately, after suffering a medical event, probably been jabbed, uh, which led to a crash. So I wonder what happened there. A police spokesman said the officer responded to a serious single vehicle crash near the intersection of Mount Albert Road and Scott Avenue. Sadly, one person has died at the scene from an apparent medical event. Traffic management is being put in place and diversions have been set up at Frost Road, Bremner Avenue and McCulloch Avenue. Motorists are advised to expect delays. That's in Auckland. Um, now, I think with people, all these people being jabbed and dropping dead and having heart attacks and the fitter you are, the, the more likely you are to be affected by this uh, jab that we've been dished out over the last th- few years. But it's a bit of a worry, isn't it, when you're driving along the road there and it's a narrow road, it's not a motorway with a medium barrier. It'd be a bit of a worry if someone just decided to have a heart attack or some sort of a medical event caused by this jab and they crash into you. That'd be nasty, wouldn't it? It's bad enough for them texting, you know, inattention. And then what about the airline pilots? They all had to, had to be jabbed. Apparently a lot of them had been grounded and they've changed the rules. They've changed the ceiling of acceptability. So pilots that aren't 100% right to fly, you know, they've had their test, an ECG or whatever they give them, and they're not right to fly, far out, and they're flying, and they're flying you around just as well. There's more than one person that can actually fly the aeroplane in the in the major airlines. What about the small ones, though? What about, you know, not Nelson Air, what do they call it now? Those small ones where there's only just the pilot driving around. If he's had to be jabbed, which he would have done, what if he crashed the plane? That's why it's really important. I'm glad I learned to fly. <laughs> I learned to fly when I was 23. It was a lot then, huge amount of money. I went to Ardmore Aerodrome. And um, one of the instructors actually is Dave Morgan. And Dave Morgan, I think he's senior at Air New Zealand now. Great guy, Dave Morgan. Very funny. And uh, the guy that was teaching me, gosh, he was only 19. <laughs> he's really keen. David Seed, I wonder what he's doing now. He was my instructor. And he had me flying solo at eight hours, eight and a half hours. I was, he said, you ready? Oh, good. We started off. Oh, I probably shouldn't say. No, I won't say. Might get him in trouble. Um, okay. All right. So uh, there, there, uh, what shall I do now? I don't know. 
What are we up to? 26 minutes to, to 8. I'm going to end at 8 because I've got a um, big day today. Now, um, what else have we got happening on News Hub? Hang on, I've completely lost everything. We'll just go back to New Zealand News and see. Black Friday, shoppers urged to take public transport for Black Friday. That's right, all these people were stuck in their cars, weren't they? And uh, a big shift. Expert believes the interest rates could drop soon when cuts could happen. They say that it could happen under this new government, according to the um, cost of living report over at newshub.co.nz. Stay home. AM appalled at Nikki Styrus food cafe confession. Oh, what's that about? Uh, maybe we could hear that. Let's see if they've got the volume right. Oh, no, they haven't got it right. Oh, yeah, here we go. Let's Let's turn it up. Oh, no, they've got an ad. No, I'm not playing that. Let's get rid of it. Not doing an ad. With the cost of living crisis continuing to bite, many of us are looking for easy ways to pinch a few pennies here and there. But it is taking uh, your own food to a cafe overstepping the line. Of course it is. I don't even need to look at this thing. They're not there for you to come and eat the meal at their place. They've got rent to pay. They've got staff to pay. They've got power. They've got gas. You've got no right to take any food to a restaurant. It's absolutely stupid. If you want to do that, just go and sit on a park bench somewhere or stay at home. Don't go to a restaurant and take your own food. And I mean, they, they allowed BYO, it's not wine, but not BYO food. Crazy. Uh, KiwiSaver. People's KiwiSaver choices could cost them a Mercedes-Benz. I wonder what that's about. Gosh, there's some stupid stuff here at News Hub. There's nothing much happening in the news because I think it's all over. A new report has revealed that the staggering amount of money Kiwis could be missing out on at retirement by making a simple Kiwi, Kiwi saver mistake. The mistake could be so costly, people could be missing out on the equivalent of a Mercedes-Benz. What are they worth now, 150 grand? Oh, wow, that's a lot. Uh, National Capital, a Kiwi advisory firm. This is an ad. Ah, stuff it, I'm not going to read it. It's just an ad for them, isn't it? I think so. Uh, give me, give us a break. Um, I'm just going <laughs> to give me a break. Can you just give me a break? I'm going to just go to Ben Ben Shapiro, and I'll be right back. I'm just going to. I've got to figure out what I'm going to do next. Twenty twenty four minutes to eight. For those too slow to understand, I'll say it real slow in small words. Israel abandoned the Gaza Strip in 2005. It is now 2023. Hamas has ruled the Gaza Strip since 2006. It is now 2023. Hamas is in control of the Gaza Strip. Hamas is holding hostages. Hamas is in control of its own civilians. Those civilians live under the rule of the Hamas government in the Gaza Strip. Those civilians are Hamas's responsibility. It is a war crime to put your civilian in front of military targets. It is a war crime to shield your rockets with children. It is a war crime to hold hostages. It is a war crime to put hostages in a war zone to try to prevent bombing. All of these are war crimes. Every ounce of blood that is spilled, every building that is taken down, every ugly photo you see from Gaza is on Hamas. It is that simple. There is no duality about this. They thought they were CNN, and CNN was huge. CNN is the news. CNN is a gigantic corporation. They're a big building, a whole deal, giant sign. They didn't understand that this podcast is 10 times larger than them. And it was exposed during that whole thing, where they just made this terrible chess move. They just ran out in the middle with their king. That's how I found myself in the middle of all this. That's how I found myself having conversations with Peter McCullough. Robert Malone and a lot of other people, a lot of very intelligent people that weren't crazy. They weren't tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists or QAnon believers. They were just intelligent people that had looked at all the data and had said, I think we're being. When I was a kid, my parents told me a story about two communists that were talking to one another. And one said, Let me ask you, if you had two houses, would you give me one? And the other said, Of course, you're my fellow communists. Of course, I give you one. If you had two cars, would you give me one? Yeah, why are you even asking? Of course, I give you one. If you had two chickens, would you give me one? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, I have two chickens. <laughs> yep, it turns out that um, communism stops where your wallet starts. Jesus began with the most obvious sign that you've come to the end of the age. Now, some people might say, well, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and nation against nation and earthquakes and famines. Well, those things have always happened. They're happening more now than they've ever happened. But they've always happened. And somebody could say, oh, come on, that's always gone on. 
So Jesus began with the sign that's most important for us to understand, and it's in verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed. It's the word blepo, but here it's the direct form blepete. It's like he's just grabbing hold of them. Stand up. Listen, he's trying to jerk them to attention. Take heed that no man deceive you. Deception is the most glaring sign that we've come to the end of the age. There you go. Wow, we okay. We've got some text here that I'll talk about. It's uh, twenty-one minutes to eight, and uh, so what have we got here? We've got John. Uh, are you going to eight? Today? Yes, I'm going to eight. Okay. Now, what brand is the mincer? Um, I don't didn't really say, but you can see. I think he thinks they're all junk. All those ones that are around about three hundred bucks, three to four hundred dollars, all rubbish. Um, so you'll see. In fact, it's the only one on there. If you go on Trade Me and you put in. Um, Mincer, it'll come up. There's only one for sale at the moment. For some reason, when I did the search, but there's others that are, that people are selling around the place. And uh, yeah, so also in the 50s and 60s, New Zealand immigration was whites only. I understand. Oh, really? Well, that's <laughs> apartheid. Um, as for well, it wouldn't be apartheid because if we only had whites only, whites and Marys. Uh Okay. As for Israel, a product of the Holocaust. Absolutely. God used the horror to shock the nations into the need for a Jewish homeland, which had been pushed for since the times of John Newton. Didn't know that. Read disease. I heard Barbara, the YouTube health lady, I hear from Aussie, that's right, she's not even allowed to practice in Aussie, she said that body heat against the synthetic clothes causes the body to absorb chemicals. Didn't know that. Oh, gosh. It talks about in the Bible not wearing certain fabrics, isn't it? Like duck... Was it wool and cotton or something? I don't know. I'm not sure. Something about that. Uh, so it could be there could be a reason for it. So yeah, wearing the synthetic clothes and the chemicals that are made that, that they that go into these synthetics, she that's not too good. So this um, this person John says that he hang on, just lost the phone. It's gone. Uh, he says I figure that's why God told the Israelis. Oh okay to only wear non-mixed material clothing. That's right, that's what I just thought then. He knew this long before synthetics were born. It's very good, that's from John. And um, we might have, what's this here, two hours is too long. (laughs) Me talking for two hours is too long. Okay, so what have we got? Got one here from Justin. Where are you, Justin? Uh, oh, now I've lost him completely. I'm sorry about this, folks. I'm a bit disorganized today. Where are we? Um, now, where's where's Justin gone? Oh, can't find him at all. Now, let me see. No, don't know. Where has he gone? Oh, maybe he's over on this other, this other app. It's come up as a message. No, I can't find it at all. It's disappeared. Mm, wonder what that's on. Oh, I get confused with these phones. It's all very difficult. Anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, so we'll be back in a minute. I'll be back in a minute, and we'll we'll go and have a look at international papers, shall we? See what's going on internationally. It's 17 minutes to eight. I look white, dude. I look like I tell my mom to shut up. <laughs> I could never do that. I could never do that. I have a Cuban mom that escaped communism, okay? The only reason I know that is because she told me every morning. So I don't know how you woke up in the morning, but for me, it's good morning, Marcelo. Have a great day, but just remember, I free you. (laughs) She's a scary woman. In my house, you can't have a bad day. When your mom escapes communism, you can't have a bad day. You get home from school, you're like, Mom, I had a bad day at school. She's like, what happened? What happened that was so bad? <laughs> Did somebody steal your freedom today? I don't understand. Uh, I, I, the expatriates from the communist countries, they're the best. They're the best people. Mm. Yeah, so that is Ben Shapiro. Now, I've, for some reason, Reuters has gone on the blink, so I can't give you the, um, the news from Reuters. I'm just, re- oh, we've got it now. Okay, so here we go. So we do have some news from Reuters, and it looks as though the Eurozone business activity fell again. Uh, In November, stoking recession fears, a report from Reuters London, the downturn in the Euro business 
activity eased on Mond- uh, on in November rather, uh, but remains broad based, suggesting the bloc's economy will contract contract again this quarter as consumers continue to rein in spending and people can't really afford Christmas this year too I was reading that just before that it's um, people are a bit worried about Christmas I'm gosh everybody's worried about it no one will be getting anything from me this year no way I'm turning into Scrooge I think this year five people including three children in hospital after a Dublin stabbing five people uh, have been and we've got here and the suspect so five of oh, the suspects also in hospital. Five people, including three children and the suspect, were injured in a knife attack in central Dublin on Thursday. That's overnight, really, isn't it? The police said that they were satisfied was not a terror-related uh, attack. Ah, really? Oh, we'll see. They're probably trying to hush it up. And uh, new Ecuador president, Noboa, he pledges reforms to reduce violence. Argentina central bank... Uh, debates rate hikes but holds off for now. Buenos Aires, Argentinian Central Bank, debated an interest rate hike at its directors' meeting on Thursday, a bank source told Reuters. And Muslims in shock over the anti-Islam party's Dutch poll win. <laughs> Good job, you rotten things. Uh, yeah, you shouldn't even be living in Western countries as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Dutch Muslims expressed shock on Thursday at the election win of the far-right populist Gert Wilders. Good on him. I like him. Who has previously called for mosques and the Quran to be banned in the Netherlands. I hope we see a big turnaround. Uh, looking at oil, oil prices, uh, they slip 1% on concerns over the delayed OPEC plus meeting. Oil prices dipped. And uh, yeah, well, there we go. The heading says it all, really, doesn't it? A woman on Wednesday accused New York Mayor Eric Adams of sexual assault and other offences in a court filing allegedly occurred back in 1993. <laughs> you can't even remember it. I don't know what you're talking about. Um what else have we got happening? That's that AI thing, the new look board of Altman's, they want his return. And uh, AI poster child, Altman backed at op- yeah, the AI open meeting. And that's international news. Uh, let's go over to, sp- where are we now, stuff, and um, have a look at this. The main story there really seems to be, the heading is um, a misunderstanding that prompted a murder confession. We've got David Hawken and Rebecca Wright Muldrum. They face the charge of murdering Angela Blackmore. She was killed in August 1995. A confession of the murder of a Christchurch mother, Angela Blackmore, has prompted a, by police was prompted by a police interviewing uh, a misunderstanding, according to the High Court. That's what they heard yesterday. Christchurch uh, fitter and welder Jeremy Powell was interviewed about the murder by Detective Pete Boyd after he was brought from his home to Sydenham Police Station on October 25th, 2019, more than 24 years after Blackmore's death. Powell, who had been drinking and taking MDMA, what's that? Is that uh, ecstasy? Is that what it is? I don't know. Had earlier been phoned by Detective Superintendent Tom Fitzgerald, who had come from Canberra to supervise and advise on the interview. Powell confessed that uh, in the interview that uh, implicated Rebecca Wright, Rebecca Wright Meldrum, they're sitting there in the courtroom there, they've got a policewoman between them, she's 51, and David Peter Hawken, who's 50, and they now face trial on charges where they where the party, they were a party to murder the murder of uh, Angela Blackmore on August 17th, 1995. Terrible thing, isn't it? Uh, two questions on Thursday from Phil Sharmy, representing Wright, Meldrum, Boyd, and said Powell had confessed about 40 minutes into the interview. Sami told Boyd the confession appeared to come over a, a watershed moment when Boyd mentioned Darren. The interview excerpt Sami read, uh, read to Boyd said, Powell, this is what he said, just give, give it to me straight. Um, and he said, well, we're speaking with Darren, search at the moment and Darren knows what happened and he would want the best for you just like your mum and dad Boyd told Shami he actually meant police were going to speak to search Shami uh, put it to Boyd that going to see Darren and Darren knows what happened were quite different oh gosh this is all very difficult for me Um, I see the point that you're making Boyd said Boyd said that he'd only mentioned Sarch and Powell's mum and dad because they were the three people most important to him 
Uh, Sami showed Boyd a police letter sent to Search's or Search's lawyer on 30th of May 2020, in which police asked if Search would be willing to answer questions about whether Powell had confided in, uh, in him. It would appear that this, at this stage that the police did not have anything from Mr. Search, Shami said. Boyd said police were still trying to see Search or search, S-U-R-C-H, search, and get information. So certainly that uh, was what you had said earlier. Oh, it's very difficult to read all this. The sentences aren't very good. I'm going to give it up there. I'm giving give up while I'm still ahead. But anyway, so it looks as though that this police interview uh, was what actually, um, in, why they ended up in court now. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, so we've got some strong winds happening here, according to national, uh, the national news on stuff. Strong winds, heavy rain, rapid weather changes, and cooling temperatures are ahead. Met Service they said that it's uh, they're going to be they're actually closely monitoring the weather shift, and it says that it's significant, with impacts to be felt over the next 24 hours over the weekend as well. And schools call for help with student trauma. Apparently, students experiencing events after traumatic events need more support, according to principals. And diversity hiring, cultural com- competency declines among board surveys. A decline in hiring for diversity and developing cultural competency on boards has been revealed in a survey of Kiwi directors. So they think it's just rubbish. And I think it is rubbish as well. And uh, the hunt for rugby boss uh, starts next year. Andrea Jackson said uh, has sorry, she has resigned after almost three years, but the union wants to have a replacement in in place by March next year. New sport helping Silver Ferns, Maya Wilson gain an edge. What sport's that? Probably basketball, I suppose. Is it? Let's have a look. Silver Ferns. Oh, what, are the, what are the Silver Ferns? Oh, they are. They're netball, aren't they? What's she doing? Doesn't look like she's playing netball there. Uh, anyway, I better, I better actually have... I better not do that because I don't know what it's about. Okay, and now that James Wallace. That's the pedophile, isn't it? The one that was put away in jail and he's out now. So his, he's only allowed approved visitors from to his mansion, and I think it's Epson, isn't it? Uh, and they have to once he's released from prison. Yeah, so he's not out yet, but he's going to be out. So he's not he's not <laughs> really curbing him. So he has to get permission before he has someone come over to his place. That's that. And uh, six people have been. Oh, we had, we talked about that. Now the golf course urges council not to consult neighbours on possible sale. An Auckland country club has applied for consent to carve off land to sell, at least partially confirming locals' long-held suspicion. I wonder which golf course that is. It's not the one up in Huangapara, is it? Is that the one that's all overgrown? Uh, yes, it is, Golf Harbour. It was bought by um, Oliver, I think his name was, and he's in bankruptcy, as far as I know. The whole thing, I think it's it's a 90-hectare um, course. Gosh, that's huge, isn't it? I can see why they want to carve some of it off. Uh, I think I've got the right one. Gary Hopper. Ah, okay, no. Hopper Developments, they're pretty good. They know what they're doing. No, I think this is something else. It's not the one that um, was bought by um, that guy Oliver. No, that's another one. That must be another one. Gulf Harbour Country Club, I thought that was it. Uh, Let's have a look at it. See if I can make hidden a tale of it. Gulf Harbour Country Club has applied for consent to carve off part of its golf course to sell, at least partially confirming local residents' long-held suspicion. In August, neighbouring residents formed the Keep Wangaparoa Green Space Society to fight an anticipated redevelopment, having feared the whole course could eventually make up to 3,000 dwellings. The North Auckland course, so they move in, but they don't want anyone else to. The the Auckland course has reportedly fallen to rack and ruin since it was deemed by the owner to be unprofitable and closed to members in July. Now Long River Investments has detailed a resource consent application. It plans to split the land into two titles and sell the northern portion. The application is the first step for the golf course's redevelopment, it said. Long River said the 90-hectare course, that's huge, isn't it, was too large to be profitable and uh, to maintain. And uh, um, they're going to be selling 37 hectares of the course to make things more manageable. However, it said that it had uh, contracts in place to purchase another smaller plot of land adjacent to the course on the south side to provide room for the more 
consolidated 18 holes. Theoretically, it could provide a substantial, uh, sustainable. Yeah, good. I like that one. So that always works, doesn't it? Sustainable way forward for the club. And now, stuff. The reporters at Stuff can reveal that the deal has already gone awry. The land is owned by housing developer Hopper Development, so they're pretty good. I think they lost their son in, in an aircraft crash uh, up at Wangaparaa there. He landed the plane. It di- well, it didn't land very well, I don't think. For sure that was the Hoppers. Very nice family. Uh, and so when contacted, sales manager Gary Hopper said that he wasn't aware of any deal with the golf course. He said the firm was forging ahead with the 88-lot development of the land. And they're very good at developing, these people. Another spokesman later clarified that while there had been conversations with the Hopper developments about the deal, they had, they had been abandoned when Hopper got resource consent for its own plans on Wednesday. Keep Wangaparoa Green Spaces Society Chair Owen Patterson is fighting to keep the golf course as is. <laughs> but they can't, mate. It's none of your business, frankly. When people buy land, you know, if they can't make it work, if it's 90 k's and they want to sell off nearly half of it, it should be up to them. It's got nothing to do with you. I just um, I just think these people are stupid. Owen Patterson, just, just some old retired guy with nothing better to do. Just a busybody. Um, I, you know, they've all gone and lived there. Why can't other people live there? You know, you're getting in the way of development. We need housing. Meanwhile, it is also urged that the encumbrance should... Oh, what encumbrance? I'm better, I've missed it. But he said the society would fight the application and any subsequent attempt to turn the northern part of the course into housing. Oh, yeah, yeah. OK. Four minutes to... We're going to have some radio news from TNT. You can find them at tntradio.live. I've got a very good app there. Go on there, you can look at it on your desktop, or you can just download the app on the phone, tntradio.live. And also here, why not Why not think about here in New Zealand, we've got RCR, Reality Check Radio. You can find them at realitycheck.radio. Now, uh, I'll be back in just a moment, and uh, we will go to, maybe we'll have a look at Israel and see what's going on there about with that hostage deal. We haven't talked about that this morning, have we? Uh, I remember being stunned when... Uh people started cursing publicly. Having come from a yeshiva religious background, Ben would have the very similar response, and, and maybe even someone from, from a strongly Christian background, that we understood people say expletives, etc., but that it became normative in society. To me, that was uh, Wilson, Jane Q. Wilson's uh, broken windows. To me, the, the, the holy is the is the window that's broken when you break the holy you don't immediately break the ethical mm. secular people think we don't need holy stuff mm. that's nonsense we just need ethics but mm-hmm. it's not true that's why i say it protects the ethical mm-hmm. holy 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 ten commandments mm-hmm. that is dennis prager there we've got the news coming up shortly what are we up to now it must be three minutes too and we're over at uh, israel national news and the big story there that's just come through the hostage deal was a deal with the devil but had to be done according to science and technology minister ofar akunas he tells arut shiva the hostage deal is not the end of the war but the beginning um, ahead of the prisoner swap rocket barrages intensify in israel Troops receive new orders regarding the graffiti in Gaza. Oh, there's graffiti in Gaza. I wonder what that's all about. Oh, my gosh, it looks terrible, the photographs there. And these are taken with the Israelis. There's lots of, there has been quite a lot of fighting, you can obviously tell. Commanding officer of the IDF Southern Command, Yaram Finkelman, he has decided to put an end to the graffiti by soldiers fighting in the Gaza Strip. So what is, is that his? Finkelman, he intervened. He intervened after the soldiers sprayed political slogans on the walls in Gaza. No, you can't do that. In recent days, footage from Gaza has been circulating showing graffiti on the walls such as Ben Giver. Looks like Giver. Uh, you were right. Sorry. And Kush Katif. We're coming home. We're, we won't forget. We won't forgive. So according to Khan military correspondent Roy Sharon, Finkelman has instructed troops to only make tactical markings such as those that indicate the locations of command centres. Yep, no graffiti. All right, so that's good. I hope you can't hear the noise that's going on in my headphones. It's um, 
I've got some kind of a fault, maybe dust in the key in the sound desk or something. I don't know, but it's very rattling. Uh, let's go over to the um, IDF now, just before we hear the news. We'll cross to the news with TNT Radio in a moment. And uh, the latest that's just come through now is uh, in response to the launches towards Israel earlier today, IDF helicopters and fighter jets struck Hezbollah terrorist infrastructure and rocket launch sites in Lebanon. That's in the north. Also, IDF soldiers struck Hezbollah military infrastructure with the Iron Sting. It's an Iron Sting weapon system. I'm not sure about that. That was in Lebanon. In addition, an IDF helicopter... Uh, it was a, a UAV and tanks a struck a terrorist cell that launched an anti-tank missile towards the area of Baranit. Baranit. And it's a terrible sound. I hope you can't hear the sound that coming out of my headphones just at the moment. Uh, anyway, we're just about ready to go across the TNT line. Uh, radio live. And just a moment ago, sirens are sounding in northern Israel. So it's all, you know, they're still just like firing so much at Israel, and they've got to defend themselves. Uh, also, the director of the Shifa Hospital in Gaza Strip was apprehended and transferred to the ISA. That's uh, Israeli Air Force, isn't it? Uh, well, ISA might be for, just for questioning following the uh, evidence showing that the Shifa Hospital, under his direct management, served as a Hamas command centre. Here's TNT Radio News. TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Christopher Luxon, the Prime Minister-elect from the centre-right, has finalised an agreement to establish a government in coalition with ACT New Zealand and New Zealand First. As the leader of the National Party, Luxon guided his party to a clear victory in the election on October 14th, securing the majority of votes. The soon-to-be Prime Minister announced to the media that a formal signing ceremony is scheduled for November 24th, following the completion of the agreement signings by all three parties on November 23rd. Uh, those agreements are now before the parties for ratification, which we hope to have this evening, at which point I'll talk again to the Governor-General and formally confirm that we're able to form a government. And then tomorrow morning we'll have a formal signing uh, ceremony, also a formal announcement, uh, and we hope to then push on in the afternoon and be able to announce our Cabinet and also ministerial responsibilities with a view that we would move over the weekend and I'll have a swearing-in on Monday so that we can get the show moving and get this country going forward. So um, with that, um, happy to take your questions. In the Dutch parliamentary elections held on Wednesday, the exit poll indicates the right-wing politician Gerd Wilders is poised to win the most seats by a significant margin, potentially positioning him as the next leader of the Netherlands. Wilders' Freedom Party is leading with 35 seats, surpassing the Green Labour Alliance, which is led by former EU Commissioner Frans Timmermans, and secured 25 seats, according to the exit poll results released early Thursday by NOS. The 60-year-old Wilders celebrated this outcome in a video shared on his social media accompanied by a caption stating 35. A speeding car that veered off the road flew over a fence and crashed in a burning fireball at a security station on the U.S.-Canada border sent FBI agents scrambling Wednesday to determine the cause. But officials said there were no signs that the fatal wreck was an act of terrorism. Two people in the car died in the crash, which happened around midday at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls, New York, coming on America's busiest travel day of the year and at a time when security officials are increasingly worried about the possibility of a terrorist attack inspired by the conflict in the Middle East. The incident prompted a massive federal response. Within a few hours, however, officials began lifting the restrictions, reassured that investigators had a clearer sense that while the vehicle careened out of control and flew over an eight-foot fence, there was no indication that terrorism was a possible motive for the driver, believed to have been a local man who may have been at a casino earlier. Israel's cabinet has approved a prisoner swap with Hamas that will see the release of 50 of its citizens in a short truce. Israel had expected Hamas to release the first group of hostages captured during the October 7th raid today. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. Well, it's been six weeks, and they've been trying to put together some kind of a ceasefire deal, some sort of a truce, some kind of a hostage exchange. Thursday, you might see the first hostages exchange between the Israeli regime and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. But will this hold even for three or four days? What if somebody starts shooting, then one side's going to blame the other, and then the whole thing is off? But really, you 
you can see the political pressure being applied by the Biden administration. They're suffering at home as Democrats are opposing the U.S. backing Israel in its ethnic cleansing and genocide campaign against the native Palestinian population in Gaza. But worse, Benjamin Netanyahu is getting tremendous political pressure in Tel Aviv, not least of all from the families of the hostages begging him to do something. But will this hold or will the Israelis cancel it or will they break the ceasefire or will they say we're going to keep bombing anyway? For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Thank you, Patrick. This is a TNT Radio Encore. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. All right, let's look at the extremes. First of all, Gisborne, uh, the highest temperature today. Right now, right now at four minutes past eight here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards. This is the, uh, that's it for me. I'm, I'm back on Monday. Uh, it's not a, no, no weekend off, that's for sure, but um, we'll be back, Lord willing, back at uh, five, 5 or 6 o'clock. We'll just see how we go on Monday. Uh, 6 seems to be a good hour for me, 6 to 8, quite like that. Uh, also hope to have uh, Dennis Hall next week. Maybe he'll be um, doing a show. Um, we're um, in, in negotiations with John Ansel and Lisa Strineski and also Alan Wilson as well and also John G, hopefully. So we'll hopefully have more voices here at the Liberty NZ. Uh, radio station. Okay, Gisborne, the highest, 18.1 degrees. Gore is the lowest right now, 6.7 degrees. Nugent, or Nugget Point, I don't know why I call it Nugent, Nugget Point, 65 kilometres of wind. Banks Peninsula, a fair old raining there, 4.6 millimetres per hour. Stewart Island, you've got 7 degrees, Invercargill 8, so they all seem to be around about 7 or 8, except for Timaru's on 11 and Christchurch is 10. Bit warmer over in Westport there, they've got 13 along with Nelson. Blenheim's cooled off a bit. Uh, Wellington and Marston both on 10 degrees along with Palmerston North. Uh, we've got uh, Taupo, Napier, New Plymouth and um, Rotorua. They're all around about 14, 15 degrees. Gisborne's 18. Boogie bit warmer there, isn't it? 18.1 actually. And uh, you've got um, Tauranga's 16. Hamilton's also 16 along with Auckland. Wangarei's 17. A bit warmer there. And Kaitaia's 16, so it's not looking too bad. Let's look at the short forecast. The north into Taranaki, including the Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, Taupo and Taramanui. Fine spells with isolated showers, however frequent showers in the Bay of Plenty, eastern Waikato and Taupo this afternoon and evening, some heavy, with thunderstorms possible. For Wanganui to Taihapi, including uh, Kapiti, showers with thunderstorms possible in Taihapi and inland Manawatu this afternoon, showers becoming isolated this evening. For Gisborne, Hawke's Bay, the Wairapa and Wellington, showers and then cold southerlies spreading north this morning with some heavy and also hail possible as well. Southerlies rising to gale force in Wellington this afternoon. In the South Island, Nelson and Buller, a few showers clearing to fine in Buller this morning and then Nelson in the evening. Westland's fine today. Canterbury and Marlborough, showers, some heavy, southerly Gales about coastal Marlborough this afternoon. For Fiordland, Otago and Southland, scattered showers clearing to fine this afternoon. And finally for the Chatham Islands, you've just got rain, I'm afraid. Well, thanks very much. It's seven minutes past eight, and I look forward to catching you up. Uh, catching you up. Look forward to your company on Monday at around about six o'clock, maybe maybe five. Might play a bit of music between five and six and uh, bring you the news. Mike, if you hear the news at five o'clock on um, Monday morning, you know that I'm up and running. Okay, here's Ben Shapiro, and we'll see you then. It's clearly unjust what the IDF has been doing to the Palestinians because there's a vast disparity between the number of Palestinians being killed and the number of Israelis. I mean, I would certainly hope that Israel is killing more Hamas. This isn't a conflict. This isn't a conflict. This is one-sided ethnic cleansing. Again, I'm just asking you, if based on the numbers, more Germans died than Brits in World War II, did that mean that the British were wrong in World War II? Because they did. Many more Germans died than Brits. Based on the numbers, does that mean that Britain was wrong in World War II? Britain wasn't bombing civilian... civilians... <laughs> there's a clear you, you difference... Should, you, should talk to, you should talk to the people in Dresden, but there's you can't because they're dead. A, I really don't want to hear Allah Akbar shouted again on my streets. It's a war cry. The Hamas terrorists are shouting Allah Akbar all the way through, all the way through, as they are using a shovel to decapitate a young man. With every blow of the shovel, they shout Alu Akbar when they go in to rape and um, murder all these young women in a room. They're shouting Alu Akbar the whole time when they find a young woman hiding under a table, pretending to be dead, and they realize she's alive, and they begin killing her. They're shouting Alu Akbar all the time, and they're so elated. And they phone home one disgusting young 
Hamas guy shouts, shouts from the phone of one of his victims, his father in Gaza, saying, I have killed with my own hands 10 Jews. Your son has killed 10 Jews. And the mother is put on the phone and they're all shouting Allahu Akbar and they're so proud of him. Indescribable. Well, it's the morning after the night before in London and you can see all over the newspapers pictures such as this. The media are getting this all wrong. They're saying Palestinian protests. No, they weren't protests. They were celebrations. They were pro-Hamas celebrations taking place on the streets of London, Brighton, Manchester, and indeed Newcastle as well. They are celebrating kidnap, rape, and murder. They are coming out with some of the most appalling slogans, incitements to violence. This is pure racism. And yet, if I was to make a single comment on GB News or elsewhere that was deemed to be Islamophobic, I would be closed down. Something is going very, very badly wrong. The Wireless, today's best country.